The Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. I'm in the fumbles if the one across the hall. Good song, good song. Well done, my friend, and welcome to the Trilogy Podcast. That's the only podcast on the internet devoted strictly to movie trilogies. No reboots, no straight to cable. We're only talking about legit trilogies we've sorted and put together just for you. We're bringing info, we're bringing trivia, we're bringing debate. We're back again. And what is our movie this week, Scott? How are you? Uh, I am well. Thank you for asking. I jumped right into the movie because I'm so excited without asking you how you're doing. No, that's fine. I, I don't bad. mind at all. It's my bad. Uh, it's, it's not as important as these movies. Oh, then by all means, I don't, I don't care uh, about we are, how you're uh, doing. We are talking right to today it. about the Taken trilogy. <sighs> Starring Mr. Liam Neeson. Oh, boy. Uh, as he plays an American. Is he's, <laughs> he's an American in the same way that Schwarzenegger was an American in, sure. in his films. In sure. that he was an American, but clearly had a background that was not American. Right. In the case of him, vaguely Eastern European, this whole movie is steeped in Eastern European yeah. Yeah. grittiness. It's very, very European. Very much so. It's a French action. You just film. came back from Europe. Was it anything like the places you uh, saw in Europe? You know, there's some tight corners that you could drive really tiny cars down, you know, like alleyways and cobblestone roads. And What I like the best that. about this film is that um, this is a little more current, all right? People sure. know Taken, and it's got a more modern sensibility about it. The first one came out in, uh, what do we got here? 2008. 2008. And, of course, it was a giant success. Turned Liam Neeson into, gave him a whole new career. Made him a star. It, you know Made what? him an action hero. Taken is the movie that you want to see if you ever thought to yourself, what if Oscar Schindler took it to the next level and physically kicked the shit out of these Nazis himself? <laughs> right. Because really it's And all... they had kidnapped his daughter. Uh-huh, exactly. She what if Schindler taken. had to take it to the next level? And kick some ass. You just made Schindler's list. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it stars Liam Neeson. All right. His wife is played by... Famke Jansen. Who everyone knows as the ex-girl, ex-woman. She was, yeah, she was an she ex-man. Gray. Do they say ex-man for the women that are ex-men in... in how like, do they work? Are you there? asking, are they transgender, the women? No, no. I'm, they used to be men? No, I'm not asking that. Oh, oh, I'm asking oh. what pronoun is used when you refer to a woman that is an X in the X-Men. She's is an she, X-Men. She's an X-Man? Yeah. And a member of the X-Men. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, this is uh, in this case, she's not a member of any fighting force. She's pretty meek and defenseless as the wife, as Liam Neeson's wife. In this, and the daughters played by Maggie Grace, and really, and that's basically the cast for all three movies. Those yeah. are the principles of all three movies. The stepfather, um, Stuart, I believe is his name. <clears throat> yeah, and he's Stuart. played by the same guy, I think, in all three. No, in the first, no, one, they, he's it's a different guy in the first he's one. He's the guy who's on Walking Dead right now. Who's the like? Uh, I think his name is Gregory. Okay, all right. For anyone who watches Walking Dead, why are you trying to sort of Walking Dead in there? What is that at? I'm just saying it's Don't, a reference that people who watch Walking this, Dead okay. would know. Okay, fair enough. He's and up at uh, Hilltop. They'll get it. Reference He'll after get, reference that I don't understand. Get. Okay, so 
That wasn't for you. You know what? The second movie came out in what year? Just so we get the years down, we get an idea. The first one was 08, you said? Yes, the first one is 08. Second one is? 2012. Third one is? 2014. All right, so there's a couple of years between each film. I think it's evident from the start that they were never meant to be made as a trilogy. Originally, I think it was just supposed to be the first film, of course, and it blew up, was a huge hit, sort of reestablished the action movie, and as a result, they made another couple of movies. In fact, um, I think you could call this movie, well, you know what? Why don't we ask Trilogy Bot what kind of a film this is? That's a great idea. Well, sir, I believe we are calling this style of trilogy Army of One. Each of the movies follows the adventures of a hero battling the forces of evil. Sometimes the films are connected, but they don't have to be. It is by far the most common style of trilogy. Exactly, Trilogy Bot, exactly. Wow. Exactly. Thanks, Trilogy Bot. Army of One. One man doing his thing, kicking butt. Taking names. Rarely plan that that one man is going to have three adventures. Usually they're tacked on the second and third movie, just like Taken. But uh, we love that guy. We love what he's doing. He's an army of one. All right? He is. That Liam Neeson. He's a tall guy. You say that in a really wistful way. That Liam Neeson. Neeson. Again, there is a palpable connection between this character and Oscar Schindler. The location. The earnestness. Yes. All right. Well, maybe there aren't. Maybe it's just those two things. Yeah. They're Scott, both preventers, as as he said. Preventers. That's what he describes his job as, as a preventer. Yeah, in the first movie, he says preventer. They're like, "What did you do in the CIA?" He's like, "I was a preventer. I stopped. I prevented things. I prevented things from happening. I'm American." <laughs> Is he trying to dull down the accent? I don't even know if he's trying to. Like, he doesn't sound as Irish as he usually does. Well, hold on. You know what? Before we go any further, why don't you give us the plot breakdown for these three movies? All right? Okay. You do that. uh, Bare bones, just giving you the basics of what happens. That's all we want. In all three of these movies. You, uh, if at this point you have not figured out that you should have watched all three of these movies before listening to this. Familiarize yourselves. You need to go. Uh, figure it out. Maybe you see the first two. You can find it free online. At the very least, be aware. Go ahead, Scott. All right, here we go. So this is the first taken. While on a trip to Paris, his daughter is taken. He kills his way through Europe to find her, and the relationship is improved. This is taken two. Oh, that was the first one. Yes. Should I go on? All right, go go on. Taken two. While on a job in Istanbul, he and his ex-wife are taken because of all the people he killed when his daughter was taken. With the assistance of his daughter, he kills his way through Istanbul to end this, and his relationship with his daughter and his ex-wife are improved. <laughs> and give me the Ta- third one. And taken three. Taken. While he is out buying bagels, his ex-wife <laughs> is taken to the grave. Oh, play on words. <laughs> he is framed for her murder. With the assistance of his daughter, he investigates his way through Los Angeles to find his ex-wife's killer, who turns out to be her current husband, who is jealous of the improvement in Mill's relationship with his wife. Hmm. You know what? I think that these movies, one of the first things that I wrote down when I was kind of watching these movies... Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. One of the first things that I wrote down when I was rewatching these movies is that this movie, these movies, were, they require a phone more than any movie I've ever seen. They're, yeah. they're most dependent upon the use <laughs> of phones than any. Every movie depends upon various phone conversations happening at just the right time yeah. to advance huge plot things and, and parts of the rescue every time. Yeah. 
going be, through it'd my. It'd be hard to uh, do this at a different era. You could. We're you, set in the seventies. Oh my God! He'd never get anything done. He wouldn't. I mean, the cell phone is critical, and of course, his famous his famous speech is kind of what yeah. defines the movie. In pop culture, that's what's defi- defined the movie. Are a very particular set of skills. These skills that he has can be applied to more than just helping people who have been taken. Sure. As yeah. seen in the third movie, but they just needed to be, be like a cop or something. Needed to be applied know? to in a cooler way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't. The, the wife dies. It's not that we really yeah. grew to love her over t- over two movies. Well, you barely see her, and I mean, well, a little more in the second one, mm. but she's like unconscious for the whole thing and tied up. But well, I made a note too. I, I think that movie really picks up because there's a lot of bullshit at the beginning of the first movie, but uh, it really picks up once you get like a, uh, a time frame of how much time he's got. Because, like, his friend tells him, like, oh, you only got 96 hours or you might never see her again. And he's like, then you know. You're like, all right, now there's a time crunch. Now the movie got more exciting, you know? Definitely. But, like, at the beginning, he's fucking meandering around. We're, we're just following him in retired life trying to get close to his daughter. And you know what? His daughter doesn't deserve... It takes, like, 35 minutes it. before she's taken. I think I wrote it down somewhere. You're not. The problem is, like, the daughter is, like, miserable. You're not... Once she's taken, you're like, whatever. Like, you're not... You don't care enough about the daughter yeah. to give a shit that she's been taken. She's just a happy teenager. That's all she is. Uh, and like, you know she's what? She's literally playing happy. I don't teenager. even like her face. She bothers me in all three movies. Oh, she's pretty. Get out of here. Are, what are, you, are you serious? Yeah. you got to be kidding me. I think she's pretty. She's no. not pretty. She's... She's okay. in the first. She can't even run, man. She's. I mean, she's pretty. She runs like, like action, the most you know? absurd. She's flip flopping. She's running like a, like a fish out of water, man. Like a I'm fish. not talking about her behavior. I'm just saying she's got a pretty face. I don't, I'm not even going to go with you there because in the first movie she's very kid like, and as she gets older, her well, you're entitled to your opinion. her face morphing into an adult is not attractive to me. Come on, man. Well, like later on, but then she's an established character, so it's like you know you need her. Wouldn't be a Taken movie without her, right? Daddy, she, I love you. She would Daddy. be... Daddy! <laughs> I'll help you, Daddy. She'd be the one that's... Grenades, Daddy, I've got grenades. All right, we're going to get to those grenades, because I, ha- I have a lot to say about those grenades. <laughs> that was fucking dumb. Okay, but like, look, we're just... The first movie is good. I think the first movie is cool. It was much grittier than the 80s type action movie, which were much more cartoonish. Right. This was yeah. really like a hard nose. This was like, went in, surgical... Kill, kill, yeah. kill, kill, done. You know what I mean? The action was fast and furious. James Bondy, like James Bond, never has like a, you know, a fucking minigun. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. But the difference is that Liam didn't even bother with style, though. He just did it as quickly and succinctly as possible, yeah. except for the electrocuting the guy. Yeah, that was to get information. Yeah. And again, gritty realism. Very the age of saw. Using what's you know, taking you. it to the next level. Yeah. Okay. In the eighties, in the nineties, these are poppy kind of films. These action films, and the yeah. the killing doesn't seem so real. All right. By the time you get to this generation, this world now, you got the guy shooting his wife in the leg so that he can get the information. That would yeah, that, never have that happened. That was badass. Like that's I, that's probably the best part of the first movie because we like, like he is dead serious and we like an antihero to some degree now. And though he's not any kind of real antihero, that's that's a, a classic right. antihero. But we know kind of that move. he's on a time crunch. First of all. And, and we know that this was always his job, is that he came in and, like, got the mission done, did what he had to do. And especially at some, you know, it's his daughter. Yeah. So it's like, there's emotion in it, but I bet he would have done the same thing in any mission, any time. Like, I don't care if I have to shoot a friend to get the thing I need to save somebody, I'm doing it. I'm telling you, this movie is very much like Schwarzenegger in Commando. There's a time crunch, there's a kidnapped daughter, it's a great movie. Yeah. Time crunch, kidnapped daughter, and at the end, the friend is the bad guy. 
Yeah. All right. Or the good guys, the bad guys. Like old that, partner. Or whatever. Well, that's Matrix's partner is uh, Bennett. That's the yeah. bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bennett. Yeah. He wears that like chainmail shirt. It is a chainmail shirt. It looks he, like he one. He looks like Freddie Mercury. This or guy. one of the village people. Yeah. I mean, that's what he looks like. Yeah. It doesn't fit him properly. It, it's yeah. too snug around his body. He's not muscular like Schwarzenegger. He doesn't look like intimidating. He's kind of flabby. He, they really try and capitalize on his Cockney accent through that whole movie. Yeah. Welcome back, John. So glad you could make it. All right. Whereas, <laughs> okay, a difference is then that um, Liam Neeson, they don't really, he's intimidating because he doesn't say very much. And it shows us this wacky Eastern European world now. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. It's sort of like, like we don't know too much about what's going on in that part of Europe. It's not ever since the end of the Cold War. What country is that? Estonia? Where's that? What's that? Belarus? What's going on there? It's believable yeah. to think some crazy shit's yeah. going yeah, like, on does there. Does this happen? Like people get picked up at the airport? And... Slavery? Because the movie yeah. Hostel came out. It's the same kind oh, of yeah, vibe. Yeah. The people got kidnapped in Eastern Europe. They're... Well, you killing know what's funny, people though? for fun. I actually talked to a guy. Uh, this was in Scotland. Who, who paid to kill someone? No, oh. no, no. I think he was actually from Africa, but he was living in Scotland, and he was like, "Oh, I always want to go to America, but I, I'm afraid to stay in hotels." Hmm. I was like, "Why?" And he was like, "Because bad things always happen in hotels in American movies." What the? And I was like, "What?" And then I was kind of thinking about it, and I was like, "Well, there was uh, uh, No Country for Old Men. There's a whole shootout scene in the hotel. Oh, there's Psycho. Uh, Psycho. Friggin' uh, uh, oh god, The Shining. Yeah, I guess I guess bad things do happen in right? hotels. Right? Like, and I thought country. that was really interesting. That yeah, I guess hotels are kind of scary. I, I guess yeah. so. I hadn't even thought of that. That guy really brought fourteen oh eight. That's a great movie. I haven't seen that. It's good. If you like John Cusack, you're going to like it. Oh, oh, the movie where, uh, at the end, spoiler alert, I don't care. It's yeah. the fat guy the entire time. It's all his personalities. No, 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 no. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, what is that called? Oh, my God. John Cusack. Yeah, and I believe Cusack much of it takes place in yeah. a hotel or a motel. Yeah, you're right. No, it does. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, Maybe you got it wrong. That's uh, No, no, no. But there's another <laughs> one where it's just him alone in the hotel. It's that Stephen King-based one. Okay. It's 1908. Okay. Uh, but that's called Identity. That's what it's right. called. Right. Okay. Identity. So, all right. So, we're both liking the first Hostel. Uh, first Hostel. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I actually did like the first Hostel. It's terrible, but I liked it. Uh, we're both liking the first Taken. Yeah. Liam redefining. It's a while to get into. He's an older guy, but, but we accept... Uh, like Harrison Ford is an action right. hero, is an old guy. That's Clint the thing. Eastwood. You like this character. You like Liam Neeson. In this All right. Well, you like him, and what they do is that's what um, carries you through. You know, he's doing these quick um, karate movements where they obviously film it slow and then play <laughs> it back weird. fast. Yeah, because he's like seven MTV style. So, and it looks cool. Yeah. And he's just killing people. His ideas are cool on how, how he's killing people. Yeah. So we're we're into it. Yeah. Gets the daughter back. At the end, okay. he very cheesily gets her. To, to see her fictional hero, singing hero. I'm going to be a singer. And then, D- as you we know, know in the rest of the movies, she does not become a singer, everyone. She doesn't. She just abandons that dream immediately. Just gone. She abandons that dream, and, and but you still like her. You think she's attractive, but not necessarily talented. I, I, I don't think she's an ugly person. All right. I, think, I think she's pretty. All I think right. you could categorize her as pretty. I like the second movie. Okay? I thought it was cool. 
All right. I thought it was neat how if they're going to make another Taken movie, they flip it around so that he's the one that's taken and he's got to lead his daughter through a process but by see, which she saves saying, him. But then it involved her more. And Okay, I, but I then don't... once he's freed, the rest of the movie is about him helping to get the, the wife back. Right. So you have it kind of in two parts. But I got to tell you, as silly as it was, at least they approached it from an interesting angle, a logical angle, an angle that I could appreciate. It links the movies in a logical way. If we're talking trilogy podcasts here, we're talking about how these movies fit together. And so I can buy that connection. Yeah, you know what my big thing with it is? I can buy that connection that, in terms of the construct of the plot. these people who are criminals, these are Euro, you know, these Eastern European criminals who are running the sex trade and a couple of guys get killed and you're going to go all out against this guy just to kill this one wow. guy? Wouldn't you just get over it? It's the, it's the nature of the business. I, I think that the, these guys, the, the bad guys in this movie are, are, are pretty crazy. But, it, but the first, you have to talk about how stupid, in general, everyone in the movie is. For example, does it make any sense at all that after this harrowing experience, I don't know how long it is, maybe a year later, two years later, however long it is. It's I not think it's much. Like two years later. All right. They go to Turkey, of all places, and rather than blend in, through the entire movie in Turkey, I know it's secular, but in Turkey, yeah. she's wearing a string bikini and running around in one. But it's like blend in. Like when they get there, he's leaving her alone constantly. Like is there no fear that this will happen again? Precautions? Oh You're in the belly they of the act beast. Like the first movie didn't happen right. at all. Exactly. It's crazy. And she's like apparently everyone's kind of well, repaired a, from it. You know, she could be. At she this got point over it very like, fast. No, uh, don't go there and don't yeah. do this and make sure you stay subtle. Like she could have, you know, she could be a little more understanding about his overprotection at this yeah. point. Exactly. You were kidnapped and you know presumably sexually assaulted a bunch of times. Yeah, well, I mean, you would think you would be a little more cautious. Go to the Bahamas for God's sake. Why do we? It's again back to Eastern Europe for God's sake. Yeah, I, I, in the one of the most dangerous places. Yeah. Where women can't just run around just kind of doing whatever they want. Right. All right. Loyal listeners, don't email me things about Turkey and how <laughs> women can do what they want. We're going by the movies, and the movies tell me that they generally cannot do whatever they want. There's right? literally, oh, there's literally a part, speaking of uh, them acting like the first movie never fucking happened... There's a part where, like, they're like, oh, make sure, you know, she's got a, a GPS and stuff. And go, you just hear so many scary stories. Like, you mean, like, the one that happened to her already? Yeah, yeah she can't believe it. What? She's, she's annoyed. She's surprised that he installed the GPS on her phone. Why would you do this? Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. Like, you hear so many scary stories. Like, uh, like last year, you mean? Yeah. When, when the worst possible case scenario happened to you? Right. Yeah. I mean, you weren't missing for an hour in the woods, for God's sake. Yeah. You didn't get lost at Hershey Park. You got, you know, like... You were kidnapped. And boy, she won't give him credit for anything. He saves her life, and by the second movie, it's so forgotten, she's giving him shit about the parallel parking. You know what I mean? He's basically like, look, listen, I killed all those folks in the first movie, and I can parallel park, too. Yeah. I I can do that, too. So don't... Don't patronize oh, me. The obvious setup of him teaching how to drive, and then of course, like when it happened, when, when she gets in the car and she has to drive later, I'm like, oh, of course. Why it, did I not see that coming? That's like, one of the most unrealistic things in the history of anything. Yeah. Don't you remember how inept you were the first couple of days you were oh, driving? You had your two hours of driving class. You're set. You or I could not navigate through these narrow, no. always cobblestone streets of Turkey. Nothing no. paved anywhere. No. Nowhere. Everything a back cobblestone alley in Turkey. But nevertheless, he's kidnapped with the wife. He identifies the kidnapping immediately. 
and has oh he's using the the phone right in the middle of the kidnapping. Yeah, people surrounding with guns. He's still on the phone. Yeah, no problem with this. Wouldn't you be afraid they'd shoot you? Don't they always say put on the phone? Put on the phone. Yeah. Let me see your hearts. He's talking casually on the phone. Hey, yeah. here's what I want you. Here's what I want you to do. <laughs> now, you're going to be taken. He goes. I want you to be safe. All right. Well, toss the grenade. And I mean, five <laughs> seconds later. The, uh, you know what the most ridiculous part about those grenades are? She's throwing grenades all over town. And everyone's like, you hear people yell, oh, grenades going off. And then they cut back to them going, we can't find the girl. (laughs) She's the one throwing the grenades all over town. Just where are all these grenades coming from? You would think someone would have checked that sound out at some point. He's able to triangulate through her, his entire location on the map, but the bad guys can't listen for where all the grenades are coming from. Right, right. And just pinpoint exactly what he's doing. These bad guys are the most inept bad guys in the oh, history yeah. of movies. That's why I don't understand why they even tried to come after the him. Guard like, is ah, ne- we're kind of a... We're <laughs> not a very good organization. They're not. So. They're never on guard. Maybe they're, we should let this one they've go. They've always got stand, their whatever. guard. They always just want to chill and sit around the kitchen watching soccer and drinking. I think in the first two movies that they're sitting around, uh, we don't have to worry about him. There's nothing to worry about. Just we, enjoy football. Yeah, just enjoy football. And meanwhile, they don't bother with handcuffs. They get, put fucking bread tie. They put hand tie around his wrists. Yeah. Like, boy, they'd never heard of friction. They could never come up with the idea that he could just... this guy in, like, a Hannibal Lecter mask. Yeah. Like, that's how serious he is. The whole premise of the first movie is that he was able to easily come after them and no matter what, hunt them down and find his daughter. You'd think in the second movie, their whole strategy would be to capture him and prevent him from doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, to immediately lock him down, cage him down. Right. Put him, put him, put him in a submarine and sink it to the bottom of the ocean. Like you know, like what? Be smarter about this. Well, That's but, what I always think about these kind of movies, though. It's like, man, if you just were prepared, you could take <laughs> this guy out immediately. They're always like unaware, watching the TV screens, and no, oh, I think I saw something. No, it's fine. Oh, did I hear something? Oh no, everything's you're fine. right. Like you know what? Them if watching they were better guards. They're always the worst. You're exactly like, right because of them. In, in Taken watching like football on a gritty little TV and gritty yeah. and they like playing cards in gritty Prague is akin to 80s, 70s, 60s the bad guy's henchman watching on the big future screen yeah. some dumb thing and the bad guy sneaks up or the good guy sneaks up from behind and takes them out yeah. it's the same sort of premise where they're not paying yeah. attention or when they like switch the TV screen to something previously recorded or uh, something or exactly. like that or the, you know it's, it comes down to the classic op- you know, army of one idea. You know what I mean? Whether it be a trilogy, or whether it be more than a trilogy, or whether it be just one film, the army of one concept, that the bad guy must prolong killing the good guy, the protagonist, as sure. long as possible. It could be the talk, the, uh, was it, the parable of the talking killer, which Roger Ebert brought to fame, where he's got to mm. give a speech and talk about how he did his crime, right. giving the good guy enough of chance to come up with a solution. Right. Bond made that famous, of course. And that still happens. And, but that still again. happens. Yeah. To this day, in, yeah. in, in Taken 2, that happens. They don't kill the wife. They give her a neck wound and hang her upside down, giving her enough time to be saved. Yeah. They don't and handcuff him. Too, at, at the end of these movies, we're like, oh, I did this, and this is what I did, and this was my whole plan, and you never knew. And you're like, I did know. I figured it out. Like, like why couldn't we see him figure it out? Why did we have to hear like him just go, oh, yeah, I know that already? Like, and why did you put yourself in this position if you knew it? Why are yeah. you captured? 
Why did you get captured? But actually, you know what? At the end of the day, I like the second movie. As silly as the whole thing with the grenades was, the idea of this girl in a bikini running the rooftops of Turkey, throwing grenades left and right, and then doing the math to use the sound to triangulate his location. Could have gotten killed. Or did get it. And no one even know. never went back to they it. They just indiscriminately kill for Grenades each other. kill people. They're not just noisemakers. Damage yeah. happens when a grenade is thrown. Damage to things occurs. <laughs> There's a scene. I, I, I just want to read this note because I don't even remember like quite what was happening in the scene. But I just wrote, two security guards and a random businessman just got murdered. But yeah, thank God his daughter's all right. <laughs> I mean, talk about... You know, like, the ends define the means. Yeah. I mean, for God's sake. But, hey, but Schwarzenegger killed people, too. Did he kill people, too? He killed only maybe soldiers. Oh, yeah. Well, no. In Commando? In Commando, he kills all those fucking rent-the-cops at yeah, the mall. Yeah, he does. And they're just and they responding just to it. And I'm like, when you go, I'm going home. Yeah. And like, he's, sorry, call the police. Mo- uh, some of them are killed. Some are not killed, but I believe some fly get, like, over the side. The, yeah. yeah. The escalator and those and punches shit. could be deadly coming from a guy like Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But anyway, so the second movie, as preposterous as it was, it entertained me. And as absurd as her driving scene was after the grenade throwing scene, it entertained me. And so once he frees, yeah. um, he's gotten free, and we take the daughter out of the equation. And, of course, he lets her go by herself because, you know. He'll be fine. No one's looking for you. He'll be fine. You just get, get to the embassy. Crash through the gates like a lunatic. And I'm going to leave you at the embassy instead of maybe just pull up and be like, I'm an American. Can you yeah. go talk to her? Yeah, well, was that necessary? That was really strange. That seemed like he didn't need and to. Then, and then nothing. No no penalty for that. But that's what I mean. In the second one especially, he's doing a lot of like shit that I'm like, did that need to be done? Yeah. Or you just were like, I have to do it in the coolest way possible. Like, <laughs> nope. I'm going to smash through the gates. Yeah. Throw grenades. I'm well known though. They, they won't give me a problem. These are my special set of skills. I'm in I'm in such a deep set of special forces that it overrides the embassy, national security, the State Department. You know the special forces division I'm in. I have to smash right into their office. Deeper and darker than the CIA, the NSA, the FBI. I literally have to drive my car into the office to confirm that I'm there. All right. So, So did you wind up liking the second one or it was too much for you? I mean, it's a little ridiculous, but, you know, the first one was pretty ridiculous, too. So, I mean, you know, it's the same level of ridiculousness. It was to be expected. So, you know, I still enjoyed the movie. A worthy sequel. Yeah. If you're going to make a sequel of that movie, that's what it's going to be. You can't really do it better. The thing of making the same movie basically again, but kind of just flipping the main idea. Yeah. And that happens a lot, and sometimes it's successful. Talk to me about three. All right, you know it better than I. Three, I only watched the one time. So three is like not not a taken movie, because you know, in the strictest sense of what we've been presented in the first two movies, uh, no one is taken. Uh, His wife is murdered. murdered. Um, So I guess she was. Yeah, I guess she's taken away from life. If you're really going to stretch it, (laughs) this felt like somebody. Somebody wrote a different movie. Life. I think, and this happens quite a bit. Yeah. I, it feels like somebody wrote a different movie. Yeah, but the story was, was like, still oh, by the uh, taken, and then we'll get it done. The story was still by the same guys. All right. But I wonder if it was like a separate script because they write a lot of similar shit. Luc Besson and that other guy, they write together a lot, and they write. Uh, they do Robert Mark Transporter. They do. I have uh, Robert Mark Kamen here. Yeah, Luke Besson, Rob and Luke Besson usually. Work oh, they're writing on, partners on a bunch of stuff. And yeah. t- talk to me a little bit about Luke Besson. I know you're so a fan. Besson, I don't know about his work too much. He's a guy who's like uh, he's written, produced, and directed like over fifty films. Like 
like a ridiculous he, his hands are in a ridiculous amount of shit that you don't even realize he just did what was the one Lucy I think it was called with Scarlett Johansson he did that he did uh, isn't John Re- John Reno in many of his films John Reno yeah John Reno yeah that sad faced French yeah, actor in, uh, the professional professional Leon some people know it as there's a movie where he's got a, a girl that he's taking her yeah what's that professional. that's yeah. the professional right it's like uh, it's a young Natalie Portman I mean he's done a ton he's got a new movie coming out now too uh, Valerian and the Planet of a Thousand I don't know a fantasy film some, it's some space film okay but yeah, he's a guy who. But like, there's always the same. You notice the same things in all his movies. Did he direct Which Ronan? Scott. He might have. He might have done Ronan. Because Ronan's a great movie, and again, it's that got that European car chase, cobblestone mm-hmm. street, gritty, real vibe. Now that I'm thinking about it. Well, you know what? Let me check it out for you. Go ahead. Yeah, but you were up. saying before I interrupted you. Um, you have these like recurring themes. Uh, I often think of what's the other one? Unchained. Okay. With uh, Jet Li. Unleashed, Unleashed with Jet Li. Where he thinks he's a dog. Yeah, and he takes Luke Besson directed that? He goes, yeah, he did that one too. Okay. But there's always the thing of like, there's the person who does nothing but kill, 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 right? And they're kind of like a dark character. But then there's always like kindness shown to them and you always have to see those. So like Taken kind of does this too, where it's like something dark or something, you know, and then it'll be something so over the top, ridiculously sweet. It's ridiculous. Oh, I wrote down quickly, that made me think of, in the first movie... She says, she orders. Oh, God. Ronan, not Luke Besson, by the way. Not Luke Besson. Oh, well. Same feel, though. Same vibe. Never mind. Uh, in the first one, like, he goes out for milkshake. He's like, oh, I got you your raspberry banana milkshake with extra cherries. Just the way you like it. Like, that's too much fruit. <laughs> that's too much. No one wants that much fruit in their fucking milk. Too many competing flavors. But I think, like, he do- he overdoes it. Like, it's the French sense of, like, that, oh, everything's meaningless. Like, oh, but maybe it's not. And then they have, like, that's how he's slightly different from French film. <laughs> the sweets are sweet, but the sours are so much more sour. <laughs> exactly. There's just no cut and dried answer yeah. to it. Okay. Right. But they, that happens a lot. Unleashed, like the, the Morgan Freeman and his daughter take him in. And well, let me ask you this: That's right. Um, the movie that I think I may be confusing Ronan from before with that movie that was um, De Niro and um, Brando and the score. The score is that, that is that's Frank Oz. Frank Oz, yeah. Maybe do I maybe think that every movie set in Europe in some way? Is directed by Luke Besson. A lot of them are. The I Transporter feel like they series, are. Yeah. And he did. Uh, he did some more too. So I just the selected the two that weren't, but amazing. It's... That make me think of that. Yeah. All right. So I'm sorry. We digress. But Luke Besson, quality director. All right. Yeah. He, he. He. I don't believe he directed these films. Um, he didn't direct. No, the first he didn't one. direct uh, any of these. I think but he, he didn't. was a writer and producer. Right, writer and the producer. Um, um, yeah, his he directed like Fifth Element, but his fingerprints are all over it. His style is all over it. Whether yeah, he directed absolutely. it or not, it's his feel. It's that kind of a. He's film. got like a certain taste, I think. <laughs> but very hard. There weren't too many. I don't know. There weren't too many soft moments in these films. And I guess maybe when they played at softness, they didn't really come it's across. Usually, just with the daughter. Every time yeah. the daughter comes, it's and just because like, oh, she's got a lameitude about her, where you're just like, ugh. You don't even buy her. But that's what I mean. Is I know. feel like she was directed to just be like, ha, 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 like happy, bubbly I'm teenager. Because it's like, oh, I love her so much. Flitting around, no athletic ability, no, no agility, n- no. You know what I mean? She she's likes just you a, too. Yeah, 
and that, that says By it all. By the way, who's following you two around the globe? At this period of time. If you're, if she's from fucking California, and she's like, you're going to go fly around at 17 and follow oh, you two. You two? No one follows you two. No. Maybe on Twitter. Even, <laughs> even the at their peak, people weren't actively following you two. Yeah. No. That's a, I thought that was the craziest thing. Like, oh, and she goes, all the kids are doing it. None, no, none of the kids are doing not. it. No, none of the no, kids no, are doing it. No children are doing that. That just shows such a, a, a misunderstanding. <laughs> In you can t- tell, like, a French guy wrote this, like, an older French guy, like, you know, <laughs> oh, who is uh, the band that everybody likes? Is it you two? The you two? Oh, let's make a you two. Uh, my niece, Bono she is went a to a you two concert. A you two. A you two. Oh, they're always, yeah, one niece went to a you two. <laughs> they're always running to the you two. Oh, concert. the kids like you two. Oh, these children today. Pass the With cheese. their iPhones and their you two. <laughs> America. <laughs> Scotty, my favorite line from the third movie. Yeah. He looks over at her, his wife. And says, when did she grow up, Lenore? I don't know. Maybe when she was brutally kidnapped and <laughs> n- almost sold to slavery in the first m- movie. And then in the second movie, when she had to throw grenades to save you. Yeah. Maybe those are the things that made her grow up so quickly. <laughs> Which, by the way, is in no way quickly. She hasn't grown up any faster than anyone else. You know, if you, when you think about it, it's pretty fucking selfish that he stopped being a CIA operative and got into her life. Because he has done nothing but fuck it up. Really, as soon as he comes off the job... He's forced to go back on the job again because he's just screwing with his family. They're just yeah. messing with the family. Yeah. Every time. Stay on the job. Right. You'll be safer. Well, that's why I like this third one because it kind of goes a different way, you know? It oh, kind of uh, gives you a different plot of... Uh, I mean, it's not a Taken movie, like no. I say, but like... It's not. It, just it, the same character, really. Yeah, but it's... I, I like the way they took it where, you know, it, it kind of... In the rule of trilogies, usually the third movie has to bring something back from the first movie. So they involve the husband from the first movie. So right. it's very strict in that uh-huh. that w- w- way. But um, I think it gets you more interested. Because it's like, how do you make another movie about their family? Uh, uh, it's more like a, a fugitive-style movie in a yeah. way. Like, he's got to prove his innocence. Right. It's I- actually, you know what? A lot of action movies are like this now. All the new Bond movies, the, the, past, the last one they did, and... The uh, past, like, two Mission Impossibles are always about, like, we got to clear our name. Yeah, common theme. Yeah. Common it's, theme. It's usually, like... You know, always been. It's not a, a Taken movie in the same way the first two were Taken movies. Right. By not making it a Taken movie and it by making it a, that, a standard yeah. action movie, yeah. it's both original and not original. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's original in that it's not a Taken movie. It's unoriginal in that it's like every other fucking action movie. Right. No, exactly. Like, they, they kind of initiated the thing with this is how these movies are going to go, and then they kind of gave up on it in the third one because they were like, uh, how many times are you going to – we already had the wife get taken. Right. We had him get taken. Yep. They kind of, like, blew their load in that second one. Right. They should have stretched it out. Like, the wife gets taken, and then the third one, he, he gets, gets taken. taken. That's the obvious know, like, thing, yeah. Yeah. But again, they didn't plan these. Because sure. every single time they had to convince uh, Liam to come back for the second one. How am I going to make another movie where someone's taken? So we'll figure old. it out. Then in the third one, he's like, really? It's impossible. This has to be the last one. <laughs> really? Please stop sending me checks. <laughs> I can't take it. I'm, I'm being known only as an action hero and not Rob Roy. Michael Collins. Like, what? who are these? I've never even seen you in anything. You seem to come out of nowhere for Schindler's List. You disappeared. And then you pop back up again for these movies. 
It's not like Liam Neeson is was a gigantic well, he star. Was in the, he was in the Star Wars prequels. Uh, good point. Good point. That's what kind of kept him around. Yeah. No, he, only in one. Only in the first one. I think by by the time he was cast, I was like, oh, Liam Neeson. He's that guy from that movie and that movie. I, I like that guy. He was only in you the know? first one. I just happened to know he was in Rob Roy, and you said he's in Michael Collins, too? Michael Collins, yeah. He yeah, plays so he, Michael Collins. He got an Academy Award nomination, I believe, for that. So I suppose he has been kind of around, but he hasn't been that sort of consistent megastar that a lot of other, you know, sort of Hollywood elite. No, he, uh, you know... More of an actor. He More of an actor. rebranded himself at a certain point Look, after his 60th birthday. His That scene in Schindler's List, uh, that final monologue at the end will take your breath away. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful scene. So it's funny to see that guy, that actor doing that scene, wh- whipping ass in, in these movies with various elbows to the throat and yeah. such. You know? By the way, so you see this, uh, whatever his fucking name is, Klunsky or whatever, the Russian guy. He's. They show him right at the beginning. Right. You have a scene that's such such a non sequitur. You have no idea what's happening, um, and he, he kills that guy. You have no idea what that was about. Then the movie begins. Yeah. Right. And then they, as soon as he has to go get him, they're like, "Oh, this guy's like, whew, he was like Spitznas, and you know, he's dead serious, and he's really crazy." And then they cut to him, and he's sitting in a fucking hot tub sucking on fat titties. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're like, what? This is the guy? This is the guy that you felt you needed to stop the movie for ten minutes to talk about? He's like, really not that intimidating. And then that battle is over like that. Like, that. like it's it's not even like a long, important thing. I know. And they made him like he was the main bad guy. And I'm like, but you didn't tell the rest of the movie. And then the big revelation at the end is he looks up and he's like, oh no, it was Stuart the entire yeah, time. He's like, like, you've been played, but just like I have been played. We've all Stuart. been played. Stuart. We're from... A place you've never heard of, Latvia. Them, this kind Stuart. of thing is normal there. Stuart, screw everyone. All right. I found it necessary to, of course, send Phil to Turkey. All right. Because that's, oh. you know, remember, Eastern Europe. Hope you brought your son tan lotion. Yeah. You know what? I paid for the ticket, but I'm not sure that he knew where he was oh, going. Was nice I just kind of sent him there. Yeah. Because you know what? He's wasting time in California. Did you send him first class or? Send him first class. He sat on a chicken cage on the way there. Oh, you there sent was cargo. A, the, yeah, there was a Sherpa playing mm. cards next to him for 12 hours. All right? Oh, wow. The, the, the point is, he's wasting all kinds of time in California, so I had to send him somewhere else. All right? So I sent him out to Turkey. To, I wanted him to find the very bizarre, those very cobblestone streets that these movies sort of were, were made in. All and right? this, is, this is his report? Yeah, this is his report, and this is this is what he sent back. Hey, okay, this is Phil with the Trilogy Podcast. Hey, Scott. Hey, Vin. Uh, I'm having a, a weird time here. I went to Turkey. I'm in the streets right now. Uh, so, yeah, this is where Taken happens, and t- the Taken movies, or Taken 3. Uh, I'm not really sure because I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I only watched the first one. Well, anyway, I'm just talking English into this box and uh, coming across a small child who seems to be paying attention to me. Um, oh, hello? Do you speak English? English? Hey, hey, mister. You you kiss my doll? I kiss... I'm sorry. No. You kiss my doll? I'm sorry. No, I... What? Oh, 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 oh my God! Oh boy! Uh, um, how long ago did he send that? 
I don't know. It came like a it came like a week ago. Oof. I mean, well, after not, 96 hours. Let's not kid ourselves. No one likes Phil enough that they're willing to pay a ransom for I, him. Yeah, I mean, they I don't picked have the wrong guy. Uh, they picked the wrong guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, what could they have wanted him for? You think he's getting taken for sex All right, Scott. You know what? You're such a pessimist, for God's sake. I, I'm just saying. I mean... Oh, man. I, it's I, possible. Do this, I feel this bad? This movie taught me that, that this happens all the time everywhere. That's, that's what, you know... Well, we hope Phil's movies. okay. That's all yeah. we can say. We hope he's okay. I hope to hear back from him at some point soon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. A Facebook post or something. A Facebook post? You think that's the just, first thing just, we would do? Well, you know, if you get a chance, just let everyone know. You know, mark yourself safe in... Is that a new designation? That oh, that's right. That is a designation on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I'm safe in Turkey from kidnapping, <laughs> from brutal kidnapping. Well, they're beating the shit out of me. So you know what? Look, at the end of the day, and great, Phil, it's fine. But at the end of the day, we're talking about Taken. Right. And so if I have to break it down, um, my order for Taken is going to be one two, three. The movies get worse as they go on. The first movie, without question, the best. The second one I enjoyed. Silly and absurd, but I enjoyed it. The third's a huge drop-off. Whitaker bothering me. The fact that it doesn't adhere to the world of Taken bothers me. He's a little creakier. Yeah. It's a little more by the numbers. You know? Yeah. And that, so I'm, I'm a one, two, three on this. That's understandable. I, I personally, I think I have to go one, three, two. Because I like the fact that they tried to do something different with the third one because the second one, it really bugged me that, like, everything was kind of the same and, you know, and then all the shit that was new, like throwing grenades and all that was just kind of dumb. and Come on. It kind of bugged me. So oh, God. I, I, I don't hate the second one. I mean, I also don't really uh, love any of these movies, you know? I really like the first movie. I can watch it when it comes on. I can always watch it and enjoy it when it comes on from wherever yeah. I pick it up. It's one of those kinds of movies. Two, I liked. I wouldn't keep watching it. They shouldn't have done more. But again, really. three unnecessary. I don't know how you put three over two. But you know what? Fourth I guess Whitaker probably. probably Whitaker and you appreciate the... I like having the other side of it of like the cop chasing. Right. So you like the originality coming off of the uh, away from the taken idea. And the, yeah. But you, the fact that that originality is kind of by the numbers action doesn't bother you so yeah, much. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, yes. And, it's, and like The Fugitive, you really enjoy the parts with Tommy Lee Jones as mm -hmm. much as you enjoy, you know, Harrison Ford's part. You know, like you kind of cut back and forth of them trying to find him and him trying to get away. But you kind of like both characters. Neither of them are really bad yeah, you guys. You know, what? I They're think just, it's, it's ridiculous that you're making the comparison between The Fugitive just and Taken wise. 3. Just, just plot-wise with that relationship. Yeah, but look. There's other movies. Forrest Whitaker's no Tommy movies. Lee Jones. I other mean, Luke are you Luke serious? Movies use that too. Are you serious? Tommy Lee Jones is... Forrest Whitaker couldn't doesn't hold a. That's not what I'm saying. Doesn't hold the glass I mean, eye to Tommy Lee saying. Jones in these movies. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I get I get your idea about the connection, but uh, yeah. Again, you, there's other movies. Transporter. One of the transporters is the same thing. Oh, the first transporter. There's a cop chasing him the whole time. You picked wrong again. You've picked wrong. One again. of those Mission Impossible movies has the same thing. Same. But relation. these aren't even trilogies. Now you're way off the reservation. I'm using a wider amount of films to reference to the trilogies. So comparing and contrasting movie by movie. Com com We're talking about the third movie. We're don't not say, talking about the trilogy in don't general. Say, don't say compare and contrast to me. Okay. I'll compare don't. and contrast all goddamn all right. day. All right. Oh, we barely talked about cheesy chums, as I call them. 
which are the friends who... Cheesy chums. Cheesy chums. Uh The friends who just show up with beer and cards and... Prove that you're a man who can have friends. Oh, that's I don't right. understand what the point is. Oh, that's right. In the third movie where he... Because I get it. They were all CIA guys, and that's right. how you introduced the guy Sam. But he could have had a scene with Sam at a bar. Why do you have to have, like, four other guys that we never really get to know? They're always playing and cards. And burgers and, yeah. like, hey, it's your turn to cook the steak. It's akin to the thing in movies where a person knows a skill because a relative knows the skill. Meaning, I could hotwire this car. My father was a mechanic. Yeah. I can get through this door. My cousin was a locksmith. Well, yeah. how, how do you know that? My, my cousin's a computer engineer. I don't know anything about it. My father's a lawyer. I don't know shit. <laughs> I can't like... file, file a lawsuit for you. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't right. pass through the blood. It's, so cheesy chums. And you know what? We just lump it all together. These friends. These friends of action heroes. That like It seems like he would never want to hang out with. He's so stoic and serious the whole time. And then these guys are like, whoa, we're eating steaks and play cards. They're showing that he can be very, he's human behind right. all his killer. Yeah. Liam Neeson was probably like, please give me an opportunity to <laughs> smile in this People movie. are going to fucking hate me. They're going to think that I'm just a killer on the street. <laughs> They're going to think I'm going to murder them. <laughs> can, I, can I talk about another, another point, too? Go ahead. Um, at the beginning of the first movie, this scene, it just struck me as like so dumb. But it's him coming to the her birthday party, yeah. and he's bringing her that stupid karaoke. The machine. first movie, yeah. In the first movie, yeah. She runs, and, then, and she's like, like sees a crazy him. person. And then Stewart comes out with the horse, with a, with a pony of all things. Yeah, and he's just like bringing it out, and she, she his wife goes, "You're impossible." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's so stupid. You and know, then he follows it up. He comes up, and he's like, he was like, "Oh, she's all grown up now, huh?" Won't you stay for lunch? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? How rich are these people? That that's just in the all... French style that you're talking about. The gift is a pony of all things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. All it's Americans so... buy this. You know, you know, does that really happen? Ponies? For God's sake! In in Starsky and Hutch, they fire a bullet through bullets through the uh, garage door and kill the yeah. pony. I yeah. mean, that's such an <laughs> obvious sort of Americana nonsense thing yeah. that you would ever get a pony as a gift. Yeah. Dad, it's for like Christmas, the I want a pony. Of gifts for girls. Exactly. It's, it's a, a thing that you always ask for and never can get unless your father is much richer than Liam Neeson. You know? Like old money. Unless you your father is money. much better than Liam Neeson in every way because money. Yeah. Like, way to set it up in the first movie. Yeah. Money. Oh, God, you saved my life and you killed a bunch of guys just so I wouldn't, you know, be constantly raped all the time. Uh, but, you you know, you don't have any money. You so. don't have any money, so... Can I have $20 to go to the mall? No. <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> you don't understand. You? But what have you done for me lately? How? Why are you so overprotective, Dad? <laughs> don't you remember the first movie? Don't you recall what happened? This keeps happening. <laughs> Get away from me, Ron. <laughs> Well, I think we've actually run out of things to say. Um, pretty good one taken. Not, yeah. You know what? As a trilogy, um, it's not great. No. Not great. I think this is a fail as a trilogy. But again, you have your first movie, which is really strong. And Yeah. You got your lead actor. And I think we both agree they're... Strong. Say again? Their lead actor, you know, mm-hmm. pretty strong throughout. So that kind of carries you. And through. I think we both agree that there are high points and low points in both the second and third film. Sure. But you put them all together, it's not like you have some epic trilogy. No. You have an army of one, 
a guy kicking ass, which sometimes it's all you need. Yeah. A, if you want to turn your brain off and yeah. see some, you S- sit know, around and kick some guys' asses, yeah, uh, it's pretty good. You want to feel like you're sort of living in his shoes. Your boss is giving you a hard time. Your daughter's been kidnapped. <laughs> okay, okay. I was trying to, you know, really. You were comparing it and contrasting you're stepping it. To you're stepping. Yes, I was. Life. Don't please don't step on my. My way of bringing it into our, our real world. I apologize. All right? Dude. Because, uh, you know, we have to connect films to the world we live in. Sure. All sure. right? So, Eastern Europeans. Yeah. I, I don't know too much about them either. No. Well, this has been Taken. I'm Vin. I'm Scott. Thanks for listening to the Trilogy Podcast. And feel free to uh, get in touch with us with any questions, comments, concerns, at... Um, uh, Suggestions. Suggestions, right, right, yeah. and um, that's going to be at feedback at trilogypodcast.com. That's feedback trilogypodcast.com, and you can check out the website at trilogypodcast.com. Have a great day, folks. See ya. all the time.